Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. We would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We The People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another Bucks of America podcast. Tonight is a, is a repeat uh, guest. He's, he's a longtime friend of the podcast. I have Mr. Travis Ragstad. Uh, he is... Uh, been busy with his upcoming year. He's he got into paramedic school, and we've been catching up here. And why don't you 
talk about a little bit what you've been up to since the last time we chatted because we pretty dove hard into uh dangler case last time yeah um i'm actually making more dangler cases right now waiting for my daughter to be done with dance but this is a, a busy year i started that paramedic school and everybody in the class seems to know what they're already talking about and i haven't been to school since i've been 18 and now i'm 30 so he jumps right into starts talking about cells and neurons and blah 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 and everybody in class is not in there taking notes like oh yeah oh yeah i know what he's talking about and i'm looking around like you guys already know what he's like what this is he's like yeah haven't you taken an anatomy class and i was like nope it's like biology i was like nope oh like, boy any math class I was like nope well they weren't prerequisites but they were strongly recommended i guess so, uh, <laughs> yeah i'm struggling but it's also you know bow season and um since the last time we talked these dangler cases have actually taken off so i'm sitting here in my spare time when i probably should be studying and i'm making as many danglers as i can mm -hmm. um but we started advertising on Instagram. Like Facebook is dead. Instagram's like the new thing, I guess. It is. It is. I've, I've gotten pretty much uh, zero activity when it comes onto Facebook. Instagram is just maintaining consistently posting. Yeah. So we started a we started an ad on there, and um, every day for two months now we've had triple digit sale days. So nice yeah. that's fucking sweet man yeah so congratulations so um me and me and my buddy teddy gary and i've talked to him about or i've talked on here about him before you know he's just one of those dudes that'll do anything from anybody and when we started talking about this he finally was like dude you've been talking about this for three years like let's do it so he uh he got the ball rolling and i can't thank him enough but yeah, business is uh, business is good. That is awesome, man. And the best part is too. It's like I don't know if you pay attention to Gary V, but he's got a a uh, dollar eighty investment per day type thing. What it is, is it's two cents per post on high traffic targets like Joe Rogan, Cameron Haynes, and sure. all these, and John Dudley and such. And you simply just post a couple of tidbits on there, and uh, you follow the. Instagram algorithm and things will start changing for me. That's what I started doing. I started posting more frequently on different posts. Sure. You know? Like I posted a nice uh, uh, eulogy for, uh, oh, what's his face from just passed away. Norm McDonald. You know, it's like, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's a hilarious comedian. Oh, okay. Well, he, it's like, I've been watching him since the nineties. He was on, that's when he first started with SNL and he kind oh. of progressed from there and started doing his own movies. He's did a lot of work with Adam Sandler. Yeah, and yeah, such. He's, he's, yeah he, he's been battled. He battled a nine year battle with cancer and, uh, it finally took him. So, but, uh, if you ever had a chance to watch some of his stuff, it's just absolutely hilarious. Very deadpan yeah. such, but, uh, you, you just hear about all the, uh, comedians that just show him love because he's been around for so long. Oh, no doubt. I saw, I saw, um, a pretty cool post. Maybe it might've been the one you posted. I don't know. Um, a pretty cool post about, uh, him and Chris Farley. And it said like, what's happening in, um, what's happening in heaven right now. And it's him and Chris Farley, like laughing and having a beer together. Oh, that one is, wasn't me, but that is, that is pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. 
I like that post. That is pretty cool. And then I see that you gotten on TikTok since then, which is pretty hilarious because some of the <laughs> the looks that Erica gives you is just like she could kill yeah, you. Yeah, she's. Uh, I'd say I wouldn't say she's not a fan, but some of it she's like, "God, you're an idiot." But I have a lot of. <laughs> my son will get my phone, and next thing you know, he's on he's on TikTok just like singing a song, and uh-huh. yeah, it's it's a good time. I haven't had um i've had some pretty high view posts but anything with a dog goes crazy so my my dog has about ninety thousand hits on one post on on one (laughs) video and it's uh so she's a huge lover and snuggler and it's it says uh kiss your dog on the forehead and watch the reaction so we're actually in the car and i kiss her on the forehead Mm -hmm. and then i look straight and like don't even pay attention to her and she just looks at me with this like sad look and paws at me like um you could do that again <laughs> oh i know the same feeling angel does the same thing to me she'll paw at me when she wants attention yeah, like, or it's like i come on the speakerphone with the lead show like if i'm at one of the hha events or something she'll just the tail just starts wagging she's going run to the door back and forth like is he here that's funny yeah that's- yeah nothing like Nothing like the love of a dog when you come home from something. It's like they just brightens your day. Yeah, I heard a, I heard a saying once that says, "You know how to find out if who loves you more? Put your wife and the dog in a trunk and drive around for a little bit and see who's happy when you open the trunk." <laughs> oh, that is hilarious! I I, I think she might uh, get you give you an earful after that. Oh, I I bet I bet. Well, what about you? What have you been up to? Man, uh, let's see here. Last time we talked was at the HHA event in Wisconsin Rapids, or was that? Yep, uh, when me and my uh, buddy Lane came up with the kids. Yeah. Uh, Lane, I talked to Lane a couple times throughout the year and stuff. He actually invited me to do go to a couple of archery shoots, but each each weekend I had something planned, whether it be a wedding or something sure. like that. So uh, we, we weren't able to connect, but then I invited him out to come with us to Lake Michigan to do a fishing trip. Cause we did that on September oh, 11th sure. and, uh, that was a heck of a trip. We were out there for 14 hours. We were dealing with 16 foot rolling waves oh, and we fished hard. We had like seven bites and uh, that we had, and we lost them all, but it's salmon fishing is a, a monster in itself because if you don't maintain that tension on there you don't you'll lose that hook real fast and a lot of the times we had them hooked but what they didn't doing is they would charge the boat and when they charge the boat oh, they sure. reduce the tension and there goes the, the lure and it happened so many times it's like and then or um the one i happened to grab i lost it right off the get because i didn't keep the tension on it and uh, we had a group of us we had five of us guys i mean i invited you too but you were just busy obviously so uh it's it's might become a uh a reoccurring trip for us you know because it's like it's it's just a a fun trip and then today my dad asked me if i want to go to okaboji but i still have to figure out some logistics on that and then i just like got a curiosity i checked my pto and i'm almost back up to 40 hours again it's like wow this is pretty fast recruitment so it's like i like that well it's like uh, the company i work for it's like you hear when i hit your year five you get like an extra like 10 or 12 days on top of what you in on top of your accruement and such. So you, you can wrecks up pretty quickly. Yeah. I, uh, my next thing is I want to go on another hog hunt. I, I that's, and, that's something I'll, all right. I'll, I'll do with okay, you. Okay. Perfect. Because I'm serious. I, uh, I went in, I went to Louisiana in 
when was that? Uh, end of May, early June, I want to say. And yeah. um, we ended up shooting three. There's nine of us, but we went down and went to. Um, so I went down for a bachelor party. We went to a buddy's uncle's place, who's a. Yeah. And he asked his congregation, "Hey, I got nine boys coming down. Where can they hunt? Who can put them up?" And okay. So we were on like two different properties. One lady, Miss Amy. Oh, shout out to Miss Amy. This woman. First off, the South is a different animal on its own. Um, it was really weird, but I'll get into that later. Um, but like race didn't matter down there. Where you think that like stereotypically would be like the most segregated and racist place in the country is like down south and like middle of Louisiana, wherever we were. Man, everybody loved everybody. Everybody was yes. Yes, sir. No, sir. Everybody had a good time together. But um, so this lady said, you guys are hunting my property. You'll be at my house at four o'clock and I'll make you dinner before you go hunting. Nice. And we're like, there's there's nine of us. And she goes, yep. And you'll all come into my home. Okay. We get there. You can smell her kitchen from the outside of the house. And we're like, oh, we're in trouble. Like <laughs> insulin for this. Um, so she had a spread of everything you could think of, of like a Southern dish from uh-huh. Cajun, this and that to jambalaya, to sausage, to grits, to, Oh, she had nine grown men down for a hog hunt, sleeping at her kitchen table when we were done. And then this guy in, uh, this deputy sheriff pulls in and comes in full mm-hmm. uniform. And I was like, Oh, Miss okay. Amy, I knew this was a trap. Like this is too good to be true. It was her son-in-law and he's like, no, I wish I was out hunting with y'all. Like just good people all around. The next day they Mm -hmm. invited us to a crawfish boil and I say boil. Like you're not supposed to say boil. I said boil because that's how it's spelled boil. And they all started laughing and it's more like a crawfish boil. Boy, I can't. Oh, okay. But, um, there was just people everywhere. And you don't get much meat off of a crawfish. So, no, you don't. So you get these big, like, box tops, basically. Like, if you had a box of, like, that apples would come in or something like that in a mm-hmm. store, the tops of those was your plate. Because you needed so many that you couldn't have a plate. Yeah. So you would scoop up as many as you can onto this huge plate, and there's this mound of crawfish. And it was like, I am never going to eat all of this. What am I? And then you get, you know, a little teeny tip of a pinky out of each one of them. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. But the thing is, is you literally break them in half and you're eating like everything that comes in the back end of a crawfish. Well, yes, I didn't think of it because, well, look at the size of me. I don't, I don't care. I just ate and we had corn and sausage and, and potatoes and, everything my buddy uh-huh. was like i feel like we're eating the pooper and i was like dude this is delicious like just eat it he couldn't eat it so we're at this we're at this church and there was a whole table of pies a whole table of cookies uh-huh. different meats everything but man down south is completely just a whole different world in itself um yeah so but it was cool because they had First off, they said, 
if you shoot a hog and it runs away, leave it. There's cotton mouse, there's copperheads, there's black widows, and there's brown recluse. Things down there want to kill you. There's water moccasins, everything. They said if so, if it runs into the thick brush, you leave it. So the first night, um, guy in my little blind had a thirty out six, and he shot one, dropped in his tracks. It was okay. The next night, same stand, uh, one came in, and I brought my twelve gauge Sabbath slug, which is okay. New, okay, I like that. This is my new hunting round. I'm buying a Savage two twelve, which is a bolt action twelve gauge. Ooh, that's the one I've been pawning over for like the last decade. It is amazing. I've seen the two the two twenties because those are everywhere, but I haven't seen a two twelve in stores besides online. So I've been looking at Gunbroker and I think that's what I'm doing soon. But um if that one came in, it was broadside at sixty yards. And All right. I was gonna put it on its head and I was like, Well, I want the skull, so I don't want to explode its head. So I was yeah. going to put it behind his shoulder and I was like, well, if it gets that burst of energy, like an animal does and takes off, I won't be able to go get it. So I put it right on his shoulder blade and I shot it dropped like a ton of bricks. So nice. the little triangle chair that I was on, you know, those little hunting triangle chairs. Oh yeah. I have, I have like two or yeah. three of them. They love them. So, um, my sidearm, I had my Glock with me. My sidearm um, was too big and was clicking on the seat every time I turned. So yeah, right. I took it off and I put it at my feet. Well, I forgot that. So I run up on this hog and I'm about to come up to it and it starts kicking. Well, I'm about 15 feet from it. So I put my shotgun down and I run up on it and I put one foot on its shoulder and I push it down and I'm going to shoot it in the head with my sidearm. I draw my sidearm. It's not there. Oh, shit. So so I'm running back towards my buddy. He's fumbling with his gun. He's like, what? 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 You want me to shoot it? So I had to grab my shotgun and go up and put one in. I put it right behind the shoulder that time. But but then I brought my camera and everything, but there was no good spot for it. And it was a little teeny stand with two guys in it. So none of it was on camera, but. It was still a lot of fun. Uh, there was nine of us, and three of us got one. The groomsman, though, or the groom, did not. Oh, so man. that was kind of a bummer. But um, we stayed at this beautiful Airbnb, and we get there, and it has a boathouse. So I go, oh, let's go check that out. The first thing we see is a water moccasin swimming. I was like, I'm going home. That's a no, bro. Yeah, that is a hard no. So, but no, that is, uh, that is something I'd like to do. I've been to Louisiana. I've been to Texas. I wouldn't mind a Florida, either hog hunt or gator hunt or uh, gator gun. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun to go after and do that right there. Or even go Python hunting, considering how many pythons they got. out Pythons there. and iguanas yes. for everybody listening. If you haven't heard of Florida iguana hunting, YouTube it. And that is, the yeah. craziest thing you've ever seen. They look down one canal and there's 70 iguana walking back and forth. They say they're so invasive. They poop on everything. They they eat everything. So literally, like some places will pay you per tail. I think you can only shoot them with an air rifle, if I recall. 
Yeah, that's the only thing that I, re- I recognize. Remember reading that it's the only thing you shoot with because I have a couple of guys from Texas that really take their air rifles to the next level. It's like that looks like fun. Oh, yeah. I want one. I mean, there's like the gamos and stuff that you can buy, but there's some of the I think it's a Benjamin brand that they they shoot crazy FPS and. Uh, they've been known to like take hogs down and everything. If you can shoot a hog with a pelican, oh man! Oh yeah, because they get all the way up to like, uh, think I think I saw one that was at a fifty yeah. caliber. So it's like they get a pretty size, pretty large size of a round to really put down on down on something. Because I've seen uh, Texas some guys there that are they're felons that can't use them. Well, I don't know if they can use um, air rifles, but I've seen people take down whitetail oh, wow. okay. with an air rifle. That is one thing. When I went to Texas, I feel like I could never watch another um, Texas deer hunt again. Uh, it, so they dropped us off at the blinds when we were hog hunting. They checked to make sure there was no snakes or illegal aliens in the blind because we were right on the border. Uh, okay. Half of the property that we were on is in Mexico. It was really literally like the Rio Grande was right there. So you could see Mexico. So they said... If you see any um, illegal immigrants, to like call it in and let us know, and they'll call border patrol. Okay. And they found at the ranch that we were at, they found like remains before of people that didn't make it, and kind of just real sad all mm-hmm. around. But but they anyway, they dropped us off, and they have big corn, like like we have salt spreaders on mm-hmm. on plows and stuff. They have that for corn on the back of their pickup trucks for these ranches. Okay. So they drop us off and they drive down the little shooting lane and they go and shoot out corn everywhere. Those mm-hmm. trucks just go out of sight and whitetail and exotic animals start coming out of the woodwork. Where in Wisconsin, if you blinked while a deer was looking at you, this 160s would run away. These deer, I opened the door of the blind and had to pee and I was literally like, get out of here. Hey, get out of here. And these huge white tail are just looking at me like, what is this guy's deal? They did not care. We shot, um, my buddy Croc and I shot at one with a 12-gauge slug, um, a hog. And we still had to shoe two doe out of the way as we were going up to get it. Jeez, that's a lot of deer. We shot and they looked up and were like, what the heck? And kept on eating as the, the hog is kicking and squealing. They didn't give a crap. So, but that is my new favorite thing is hog hunting. And my new round is the 12 gauge Sabbath. Um, every time I go to farm and fleet, they've went up in price now, but the ones I use is the Hornaday SSTs. Those are uh, nice. two and three quarters, 300 grains. And I have it stated in on like per the box ballistics, where at 50 yards, you put it like two inches high. That puts it like a inch high or something at a hundred and then dead nuts at one fifty. And I stopped, I stopped rifle hunting when I started bow hunting. Um, because of that, like shooting, you know, shooting something at 17 yards and, uh, 24 yards. My first year bow hunting was two doe. One was a little one. One was a nice size doe. And then Mm -hmm. that year, I shot one at like a hundred and some yards with my, with my cousin and it dropped in her tracks. And he was like, that was amazing. What a good shot. And I was like, that kind of sucked. Like, 
I didn't like that. So once it stopped like doing something for me, I kind of stopped gun hunting. Mm -hmm. Same way. So once I found that 12 gauge slug and like, you know, realistically, if it's within a hundred yards, I could take it. I'd rather do that than have a high powered rifle that if you can see it, you can shoot it, you know? I understand the philosophy behind it because I don't gun hunt anymore. I, I do have a thirty out six, and I have a two two three that I just built, but I primarily just bow. Yeah. So, but that's that's the thing, and my brother keeps making fun of me because um, he shoots everything with his bow. So he he went on his bear hunt in Canada and brought his bow. Like if if he's going hunting, he's bringing his bow. So he keeps making fun of me, but. If uh, next year I need to get him up to some of those shoots with Chris because uh, he met Chris and my brother is a veteran himself. Yes. And so Chris wants to get him up to some of those shoots. And um, my brother was one of those, though, that he did two tours in, as an infantry Marine in Ramadi, Iraq in 2005 and six. Uh, okay. And he lost a lot of people in his first group. And they did a lot of shooting. Well, he's not one of those veterans that talks about it at all. So yeah. until probably the last few years, now he's 35 and he got out in 2009. The last few years, he finally started like acknowledging it. Now he has a Marine flag outside of his house. Um, he has the Marine license plate. He, yeah. From shoulder blade to shoulder blade. He has a tattooed of an M4 M203 grenade launcher. And then <laughs> that is legit. And then on his ribs, he has all the information of his dog tags, including social security tattooed on his ribs. Oh, wow. Well, then again, considering the time you probably got right. it, it made sense. Right. And because they were just finding torsos really, you know, from roadsides. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, that was a good story. When my aunt asked, why do you have your social on your arm on your ribs? And he's like, well, in case that's all they find. Yeah. She wasn't happy with that answer. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he has went to Florida. He shot hog armadillo, everything he's killed has been with a bow. Um, mm -hmm. and he's been out this weekend and I'm like, dude, it is so hot. Like, why are you even hunting? But I think that's his like getaway, you know? And that's, yeah, that's what I do. Right. And that's really what I like about, um, Chris Ham and the HHA USA and, and stuff like that is, you know, aerotherapy goes a long way it does. and it really truly does and just being out in the stand and there's something that's being said if you know somebody's a hunter and has something negative to say like you know what we love nature more than you i guarantee it have you ever been in the in a um a woods an hour before the world even wakes up you know you as your tree hugger organization like we're in the woods and we get to see the squirrels come up and shake the dew off. And, you know, the raccoons finally making their way up to their hole. And the, you know, there's just such a beauty about sitting in the stand that some of my best days in the stand have been without launching an arrow at all. You know, I've had owls land next to me or a hawk goes swinging by at face level, like things that, you feel like you'd see on national geographic, but you get out there and it's right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. 
So that's, that's really what, and I mean, you've obviously met them and the whole HHA USA and all the people that I've met at those different shoots that Chris brings in. And it's, it's just an amazing thing, you know, it's to see all those veterans come together and whether they were a cook in the military and never went overseas or they were hardened, you know, combat veterans, everybody together yeah. and shoots arrows and has a good time and is, you know, when Chris introduced me to some people, I think it was his Arkansas boys, you know, there was a hug and a handshake right away, you know, right off the bat. It's just, yeah, you know, you've been there, you've seen the camaraderie and everybody is just, I think aerotherapy can do a lot of people good, whether a veteran or not. That is so true. And then when you really get to, you really get to become very intimate with your bow. Cause this year I went to Warren's made it out to Wausau, Wisconsin Rapids, Nina, and Watoma. And those were all fun shoots and making it to all those events. It's like, I really got to learn on how, how things work with my bow. It's like, I've actually decided to put stabilizers on not for hunting season, but for next year, starting with, uh, next 3d archery when that also kicks off again back in january just because of how i like it how it fits in my hand and it feels more natural it's very uh, organic how everything works out and my my favorite shoot this year was with toma and we shot that on saturday you, didn't, you weren't able to make it but i met these i met these guys from madison and uh, they take their archery to the next level like traveling to texas and going down to nationals and going all, going to tucson and going over to colorado and such and it was down pouring rain, and we did all 25, uh, no, 28 targets or 29 targets. But it was just absolutely a blast. I shot my best. I've been constantly improving and seeing the changes and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm just setting micro goals. And when I hit them, you know, it's great. Yeah, I like it. And I, I, like, I like the whole stabilizers too. I like playing with uh, different weights and seeing what I used to shoot a lot more. Um, but, this uh, this next year, I'm gonna sell my bow after after season. I'm gonna get probably whatever Matthews comes out with, but that should be okay. determined. I'm not loyal to anybody, and I've shot Diamond, I've shot Bowtech, I've shot Hoyt, Elite Matthews. I had a um, Prime. I've never shot PSEs, but um, but I think uh, probably whatever Matthews comes out with is. This Matthews Halon 32 that I have now is a great bow, and but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a I want to get a 10.8 front and back stabilizer and set it up where you know you can hold it with two fingers and it stays stable because my my biggest problem is I I lollipop the the I call it lollipopping I lollipop the target sometimes where I'm trying to sight in and I get I get the it right underneath it and I shoot it. And oh, I don't say, I know what you're saying. So that's what happens to me every now and then. But, um, so I'm going to get a nice set where I can actually hold my bow still and, and go from there. I saw Chris Brackett years ago. He had his, um, his, he had the special vice that would hold your bow just by the grip. And you could put on, you know, one ounce here and one ounce there and see where you could 
get that perfectly set. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what type of ice that was called, but that'd be kind of cool to check out. That definitely uh, take your uh, level game to next yeah. level there. But with with you being in school for the last four years, you know, and then even the, for up until August, August, you're going to you've been you're going to be so busy with school, and you got a girlfriend, you got kids, so it's like that all stuff adds up real quick. And work on top of that. Yeah, this. So two years ago, like I was telling you, I did my EMT basic class. Then the next fall, mm -hmm. I did my entry level firefighter class. And now this year I'm taking paramedics. So that's three falls in a row where I could be in the tree stand, but I should and could be studying. And the, but the paramedic is the most intense. This, this class is something else. So I kind of got to put my nose to the grindstone and think of, you know, I need to do this so I can afford to hunt from years to come. Cause this is possibly going to be a career instead of just like a volunteer thing with my, village so i did now are you get gonna be moving to a bigger area then did uh did you see the hi did you see the video on my facebook this week of me getting tased yes i did watch you do that it's like that had to hurt yeah i don't know why i've made smarter decisions <laughs> so, well at least now you know what it feels like to be electrocuted what happened was and you didn't pee no i didn't pee what happened was um <laughs> they were looking for volunteers like two years ago. And I was like, well, I'll do it. Well, then last year it got canceled because of the ever so popular COVID. Yeah. And so this year that was Saturday, the 18th. So this year I was getting ready for it and totally forgot about the whole being taste thing. And until Friday at about nine 30 at night, uh, my chief texts me or one of the ladies from the fire station texts me and says, Nope, get back and says, Hey, uh, you still want to get tased at safety fest? And I was like, Oh, I forgot about that. She's like, I did. <laughs> Great. So, so I, uh, I did that smile. Ava, you're on a podcast. Hey Ava. <laughs> so I totally forgot about that, but she definitely did it. So, that was a good time. And the video that I posted was 28 seconds long, I think. But the yeah. the original video that got sent to me, of course, my ex-wife went to the went to the safety day. So as soon as I told her, oh. she was like, oh, I'm staying for that. <laughs> so the police chief who tased me, she, if mm -hmm. she could tase me. And he was like, no, I can't let you do that. But she would have loved that. But anyway, she's the one that took that video. Uh, so right before, like, I cut it so I could post it on Facebook and Snapchat and stuff. But right before I cut it, you hear my daughter Ava go, you've got this, Dad, as I'm getting held by two cops about to be tased. And I was like, thanks, Ava. And then taser, taser, taser. Boom. So it wasn't graceful. Um, I was exhaling when it happened. So mm -hmm. instead of like being silent, I was like, because <laughs> now your lungs are contracting, forcing all that air out. <laughs> right. So that was a little embarrassing. But if you watch the video, the second it stopped, I went, no. The first thing that came out of my mouth was no, because I told the police chief that after the first zap, I was going to try to get up and he could hit me again. 
told mm-hmm. like all 70 people watching. He's like, okay, he's consented that uh, he gets to get shocked twice. So everybody's like, ooh. And then as soon as that first one went, I was like, nope, that, nope. I might be dumb, but I ain't stupid. God, that's the truth. Well, it can't be worse than my brother-in-law. Uh, a couple of years ago, they got their, his uh, grandpa a one of those electric fly swatters, oh. and he decides to put his tongue up to it. It's like, oh, you idiot. Oh, yeah. That's funny, That's though. good. That's good. That, that'll do. We had an electric um, fly swatter. And it wasn't working. So we were <laughs> so we were like shaking it and I was putting my finger on it to like get it. And then it started working. And okay. I got zapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you learned quickly that day. But yeah, um, this year's gonna be rough, but it's summer. I, I told myself that if I get through if I get through paramedic class, um I want to take myself to New York and I want to see the Twin Towers Memorial. I haven't seen it. And, you know, I'm a very sentimental and, you know, emotional dude. So I feel like I'm going to see the Twin Towers Memorial and just lose my mind. And did you know, I just learned this year that that Israel... Uh, thing, I'm not sure. I think it's Jerusalem. They actually have a 9/11 memorial there. The only, it's the only memorial that is outside of the United States. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, my, it is. My, like, uh, my best said that uh, she's been there, and she's also been to the. Uh, Oh, what town is it in Pennsylvania where 93 went down? They have a, they have a memorial there in the middle of a cornfield that's ran by the local volunteer fire department. Okay. I can't remember what town it is, but where the, where the plane went down, Flight 93, where they went down in that Pennsylvania field, there's a, that field is now a memorial. Mm-hmm. So, they did a similar... Memorial over in uh, Clear Lake, Iowa, for Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and Richie Vaughn when they went down in '68. Oh, okay. Or '58. Yeah, and it's it's really all neat and to see and so then We walked back, and there's about 500 yards off the road. But then we, my cousin, got married when we're supposed to. When I wanted to be over at the uh, Blackhawk Archers there in Custard, but that's when she got married. So so to get my daughter. Give her some history about what about why where we're going tonight or that night was so uh, so historical. We took her out there and then we walked, went through the museum and such. And everybody you name it has been there from Gene Simmons to Garth Brooks to Kevin Costner, oh. uh, Brett Michaels. There's everybody anybody has been at the the surf ballroom. I've been to it several times, so it is worth the trip to see all the guitars. Like because then you can also like back in that day they actually posted they t- when they took a picture of a of a scene they actually had the bodies in there. And they have them all labeled and such. Oh, wow. This way, then you can know where everybody ended up for their final resting place. And then learning about Whaling Jennings and that whole story about a coin flip between him and uh, Richie Vons about uh, who, whoever won would take the plane to go over there. But, but that freak storm came through. And when you look at the map and where they all went, they jam packed a lot of traveling in the worst time of the year in. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're, they're 
tour kicked off January 28th or 29th, and then it went all the way up until February, uh, right around Valentine's Day or after that, were all these different places. And some of these places they had to travel. Like one of the trips, when they're going from, um, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on it, but I think they're going from uh, Mesa City or Clear Lake, Iowa, all the way up to Bismarck, North Dakota, I believe. And that's a lot of driving. Especially in the winter in the Midwest. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think that was a very expensive lear- lesson learned that day. Yes, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, uh, go ahead. What? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm just driving home. I'm almost home. That's good. Uh, getting back to the World Trade Center, you know, I used to, for the company I worked for, I used to work for the customer service and I worked with a lot of the, the, the volunteers and the survivors of the, of 9-11 attack and stuff like that. And one thing that I learned that's very crucial is that there are still folks out there that do not know they were affected by it. And they're, they're estimating that from ground zero, it, it, the devastation actually affected 300 square blocks around there. So there are people that don't even know that they breathed in. Oh, sh- some dust that caused whatever they're going through, but listening to folks that have GERD and then finding out when everybody departed, they either went to Florida, peppered throughout the Midwest, uh, Arizona, California, or all the way out to Hawaii. They just, they just spread everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. There's still, um, there's still firefighters that are now, you know, that was 20 years ago. Even the young guys back then, now they're coming to the end of their career. They all have respiratory problems and and different stuff like that. Or you know, police and EMS and fire and everything. So it's crazy. I was yeah, uh, there's this and then it- document. There's this documentary on Netflix that talks about that and how they're still sifting through rubble and finding. Uh, finding like little bone fragments and still like sending them to where where they belong where they're finding Mm -hmm. bone fragments and doing dna and yeah sending them you know all over the country and world to you know the people that they belong to and the family members it's just crazy Wow, that I didn't know that that was still ongoing. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my coworkers, she got to know one of the survivors of it, and he sent her a book on 9/11. And it's really nicely put together. He put a really sweet message in there in commemoration of it. And uh, uh, when you talk to these folks with the with the company I work for, is that you develop a relationship with them, and the biggest reward is that. Anything you do will directly positively affect their life in the next six to eight weeks. Because they're going through whatever necessary uh, checkups to, to, to go through. And if there's, if there's something that they need to catch or look at to help them with proper medical care for the, for the remainder of their needs. Yeah, that's, that's crazy how, you know, this time, 20 years later, it's crazy that it's been 20 years. Oh yeah, exactly. And then today I was watching a somebody break down why what's going on with the whole Taliban China thing because like uh, Afghanistan is sitting on over a trillion dollars worth of lithium, and China is trying to develop a relationship with them to to put a 
railroad tra- railroad system from China to ta- to the Taliban, and this is where they have that open commerce. But also on top of that, too, Biden owns a lot of stock and electronic EV vehicles and stuff like that and battery companies and like that. so it's like well I just need I have a website that I have I don't care remember off the top of my head but it lets you know what they're investing in so this way then you can make a buck like uh, one of the biggest ones that I looked at was um, NVIDIA NVIDIA or a few weeks before NVIDIA got the, the job Nancy Pelosi dropped like 5 million into NVIDIA and Two weeks later, here they are. They won the contract, so it's like there's insider trading. Right. But when you get when you get to the old enough, you recognize it's rules for thee, not for me. Right. Yeah, that's insane. And so it's like we just got to figure out where the money's going. So you f- go from there and figure out what's what how everybody's playing. And it's it's just insane, especially if you really get deep into it. Like how many executives came from Vanguard and BlackRock that are part of this current administration. So it's like this election was, was a fraud, but they end up, they don't up coming across that. Uh, it was bought and paid for. Oh, I'm sure. Well, that's like the whole, you know, everything with Corona, how we have to wear a mask. And then you see pictures of the, um, the banquets and fundraisers and shit that they're holding. And they're all, you know, elbow to elbow, no masks, no nothing. But these are the same people that say you're, you know, we need to wear a mask. And yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating, but it comes down to compliance. I mean, it, vol- it violates the Nuremberg Code, all 10 of them. And uh, they're talking about the Great Reset on top of that. And they're also looking at ways to eliminate uh, carbon, methane gas, and which would be euthanizing hundreds of thousands of head of cattle, sheep, chicken, and stuff like that. Then you'll listen to what why Biden, or not Biden, but uh, Bill Gates. He bought 242,000 acres all through Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, and such. And it's like... The, all they want to do is end up putting us back onto a uh, soylent green diet, you know? Only very few would get that reference. I got excited because my pager app went off, but they're just telling us a storm's coming. Yes, it, it just left uh, lacrosse. Yeah, there was uh, two final clouds spotted in Winona County. Oh, that's probably what they're saying then. Yeah, but it's like from what we've seen, it's like it only hit us for like maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and it's gone. And it's been going northeast. Okay. Huh. Upside down. Are you close to Wi Fi? Because it's like you're breaking up. Oh, yeah, I'm at the house now. I was talking before. Yeah, because it's like I'm, I'm catching every other word you're saying. Yeah, the Zoom app is quite the resource hog, so you almost have to remove all background uh, um, applications this way that it all focuses on that. Oh, sure. Oh, that's probably why I just opened my um, paper app. So. Yeah, that can that can jeopardize the the signal, even though when you're on Wi-Fi. But if you have a fast enough speed, you know, I have uh, fiber optic where I live here in West Salem, so it's nothing affects affects the, my streaming quality now which is fantastic but it was looks like it was nice out there i haven't been outside since uh because it's right when we started our conversation is when the storm passed oh over. okay yeah it was one and done over with it was really quick it, it was really warm today but you can tell that storm's coming in that temperature dropped and buddies were mm-hmm. out hunting thinking 
you know, that might get something moving today, but with that rain in front coming in. Yeah, I can see them kind of quieting down and such and going from there. And then you just have to kind of pick up the pieces in the morning. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and go out hunting. I got all my gut started pulling my gear out, but I actually haven't completed that task yet. I've been with, uh, I had Sophia this weekend, so we were busy, had a uh, barbecue on Saturday. And then Sunday was family day. So doing stuff with her and then doing a little bit of shopping and such and getting everything ready for the upcoming week. Now, how old is she again? She's eight. She's going to be nine here in January. Okay. Yeah, I have a 10-year-old. My five-year-old, or six-year-old, he just turned six this weekend, but um, he's more interested in hunting than I think she is, but she'll have her time. Like, she wants to get an um, actual bow instead of, like, a youth or Matthew's Genesis, whatever she has now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I would like a bow with a peep sight and a sight and stuff like that, so... That's probably what we'll be doing soon. Yeah, that's well. That's always exciting though, that she's she's taking interest in it and she's asking you about it. And the best part is you can always find really good setups, you know, for re- really reasonable price. We we I've shot diamond, you've shot diamond. Oh, yeah. They're a solid bow for a starter, especially like you can buy a, a brand new one for three fifty, ready right. to rock and roll. It's like you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and Erica has one that my um, coworker gave us. She's looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, she has a like it's like a cabela's brand where one of my coworkers um gave it to us and she she was in a relationship where she started bow hunting and then they broke up and she was like i just want it gone so gave it to us and it's a nice probably four or five hundred dollar bow one of those like rak package or whatever like ready ready to kill yeah um packages so she's been shooting that it's a little long for her though so she needs to get it set but i think uh it'd be cool to get her wrapped in camo and i know the feeling when i took uh, alicia to the garage sale that scent blocker puts on we got a hell of a steal on all of her gear I mean, we got uh early season late season mid season we got a bibs we got a coat everything for a couple hundred bucks what is because otherwise it like the, every every October, like the first week of October, uh, scent blocker up there in Cannon Falls, that's where the distribution center is. Okay. They do a garage sale. I don't know if they're doing one this year. Last year they didn't because of the pandemic. And so this year they may do it again. And uh, you'll be able to get really good deal. And it's all sales are final, but you can get some really high-end gear. It's a, the, the years I've gone and passed, they start on Thursday, Friday, and then saturday and I, maybe sunday but I, it all depends on how much inventory they push through sure but yeah it's fantastic we got a gear bag for her we got a harness for her, for a tree harness but she doesn't like trees so it's like oh, that was a waste of money on that but then again if she likes to get in there i have one it's brand new never been on the box she just likes to be on the ground she'd rather be on a ground blind or the ghost blind or something like that so uh, it's like hey if that works for you i'm not gonna argue with you. you're out there hanging out with me hey i got a buddy that takes off a section of his ladder stand because he doesn't like to be any higher than 10 feet so mm-hmm. everybody makes fun of adam but he still kills yeah exactly well, see it's different because yesterday my podcast with my buddy uh zach new he owns uh or he's a co-owner of native sense down there in alabama and he was talking about like these guys will have to be 25 30 feet up in a tree and those deer look upwards and when he comes up here to go hunting they, they, they don't even pay attention right. they even look up and so it's it is two different type of mindsets when they're out there 
So I think it's just that they hunt so regularly because he was telling me that they have a crop. Uh, it's, it's it's something for dealing with deer and, and crop and deer, crop destruction and stuff like that. But you can get tags for them year round. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're hunted year round. I think Wisconsin used to have a egg tag like like that. Yeah, egg tag. Yeah. There we go. I don't know if they because like when I was looking through the booklet because I got my tag or my tags here last week, they don't offer that anymore. But then again, it's like what I'm surprised they don't with CWD and stuff like that. But then again, you'd probably see a lot more big bucks that people have been chasing all of a sudden just disappear. Right. Yeah, definitely. It is a, a, an interesting conversation we had because uh, his whole product line is like he's got uh, Donesterus, he's got Rayo Dopey, he's got B- Dominant Buck, he's got a, all different brands of it, but he's got one called Hostage. And it is Dominant Buck and, and uh, Donesterus mixed into this gelatin stuff. And you just uh, you use it right during the rut. And it will last you seven days as long as it doesn't rain. Huh. And you can just drop it right in front of your camera and they'll come hit it every single time. Because uh, it's just one of how they do it. And he said he was in like 40 different, 45 different stores and stuff like that. And it's really good scent, really good scent. And he's like, he, last year he did like 23,000 bottles for a year number two, number three. Wow. This is, no, this was, this is your number three. Number, it was just last night. I can't remember. Funny. Uh, but uh, he was really excited about everything. So he's looking to hopefully take his stuff to the next level and thinking about maybe switching from glass to, uh, uh, da, 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 to plastic because it's a lot cheaper to, oh. to to buy in bulk and such. Because he was telling me like, if you buy seven hundred and like thirty some one ounce jars, it's like uh, seven hundred pounds. Oh, I'm sure. And if you were, and if you would switch it to all plastic, it's like two hundred. Wow. And he was telling me like, there's a different trick that they do with the, how they how they handle their herd stuff like because they got like five or six bucks and they have like 97 does that they go through and stuff like that. But the way he does it, it's not as aggressive as some people we were, we were, we were talking before we start, before I hit record and some of the stuff he was talking about, it's like, I, I don't think this should be out in, out in the public because <laughs> we have a lot of anti hunters out right. there and they'll be looking for any means to do it. And like, and listening to Nanny Newberg talk to the sportsman Alliance and listening to how much bullshit we have to go through uh, it's it's best not to give anybody ammunition, right? But needless to say, it's it's a far different practice, and it's a lot uh, not as stressful. And they do a lot of AI as well, so this way they they secure their herd and such. Wow, that's insane! It is talk about anti hunters, and I remember doing a report on this senior year. Um, so a Wisconsin bow hunting license, I think that was before I was even bow hunting. It was just gun hunting. There was over 250,000 hunting licenses sold at 20. Mm-hmm. I think at the time it was like 20 or $22. It wasn't what it is now. What is it, like 28? Yeah. Something like that. Um, but even that at, you know, $20 times 250,000, like mm-hmm. that's just the Wisconsin residents. That's not the people that pay $160 to come from out of state, which is, stupid that it's that that little because if you want to buck tag in illinois i'm pretty sure it's like 50 or um, 200 bucks oh no it's but, much higher than that it is uh, right around 550 bucks and then then to get it so it's pretty expensive then iowa you have an average of four years to draw and that's over 600 dollars, and each point is 60 bucks but get this ohio is even cheaper they're only at 143 for non-resident wow 
Yeah, that's what I thought too. And it's like I thought ours were cheap, but it's like uh, Rainy, Zach was telling me that his uh, they're out of state down there for in Alabama. If you want to get a buck tag, it's like two hundred, almost three hundred dollars. Yeah, well, I think it could be. I think it could be a lot more for how many people come up here. But that's yeah, exactly. When it comes to like the the money that we raised just from that hunting, you're, you know, any anti hunting group isn't raising that much money for conservation or no, nope. But there's um there I think it's Oregon, Oregon State. One of my coworkers was saying that there's certain counties there that are trying to um that it's like on the ballot to outlaw hunting like in that in certain counties in part of the state. Oh Jesus. I, I haven't looked into it or or looked it up, but I couldn't. Oh, I'd be mad. <laughs> right. Oh, and there's there's uh, talks about during this upcoming uh, pl- uh, primaries that uh, there's several counties that want to succeed from Oregon and move over to Idaho and expand their territory. And then on top of two, November fifth, uh, on the docket for Texas to succeed from the nation too. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is a frustrating situation that we have going on right now with all the anti hunters and stuff. And then I was talking to a guy on Saturday when I was at Silent Outdoors huh. in Sparta, and he was telling me that there are out in Colorado they're trying to put on the ballot where huh. if you hunt a you shoot a bull, you can't take the meat outside of the state. Now, I haven't seen any registration on it, or I haven't seen any news on it right now, but that's what he was telling me. It's like, you know, that doesn't sound too far-fetched. But then again, it's like, it, 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 it's it's part of a bigger plan when you look at it, because you gotta, you got to basically pull yourself at a 30,000-foot view of how everything's going on, because if you look at the, the outlandish laws that are going on in Colorado and Oregon about AI and their uh, beef product, beef, uh, beef process, it's, it's, it's just, these are just small micro wins, and they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing right. and moving all throughout the area, because even this year with the drought, that they had out there in the Southwest. But then you all of a sudden you hear about Dubai using drones to electrically charge uh, clouds to create rain. It's like, then this seems a little bit more far-fetched. And then you start digging. Doesn't into happen. And that talks about how all, and you, all the, all the weather manipulations that they've been doing. But then you go one step further and start looking at all the patents is that the patents that the government owns regarding weather ma- manipulation dating back since the forties. Yeah. It's a crazy world we're living in today. That's for damn sure. Right? Oh, yeah. Wink, wink. Got my tinfoil hat on here, guys. Oh, it is insane. You know, and it's, it is very conquer and divide right now what we got going on in society because we have, uh, it's, it's a, a playbook what happened in uh, Germany 1930s. Yeah, working in the hospital, it's, it's pretty crazy and annoying that I kind of see it like from both ways. Like the people that are, that are in the hospital that have COVID, a lot of them are vaccinated. So, and the people Mm -hmm. that like the staffing that are like, you know, I don't want to get sick from this person because they're not vaccinated, but you have your yellow mask on and you're, you're vaccinated. So, like what? I've already had COVID. I've been vaccinated because we have to for work. 
but and I had to for school, but mm-hmm. um, like where I live in Columbia County, there's been no masks. There's been our kids have been at school this whole time. And it was funny to hear last year on places mm-hmm. like CNN of, well, when the kids go back to school, I'm like, go back to school. Like, they might not be back to school in your, you know, Manhattan neighborhood or your New York and big cities, but like rural America, they've been back to school and there has been no huge outbreak, you know? And right now, the only country that's really seen a lot of backlash with the, those who are getting the, the vaccine is Israel. They have like 85%, what they're telling us, they're 85% of the population has been vaccinated, but they also have the highest per capita of all the instant injuries because of it. Now, Japan is coming out with something that's going to move away from the mRNA vaccine that they that uh, Pfizer and them are pushing. But uh, you've just seen here two weeks ago that two top virologists from the uh, CDC just up and quit based off of Biden's plan for injecting kids now you also got to take into take an advantage here taking take into consideration that this vaccine has not been tested with fertility oh, okay. and how it'll affect six uh, 16 year old kids and younger and they and, and they and those two doctors they just up and left and you don't leave that place and it's like and i think the thing is like i don't want to be part of the next nuremberg trials for against against crimes against humanity well that's that's too like you know we've been having a vaccine for nine months, not even a year. We don't know what's going to happen in 10, 15 years. I saw a funny uh, Facebook meme that was like, you, you hear of those, like, were you, a, you know, were you exposed to asbestos in the early, you know, sixties, blah, blah, blah. Like they're like, well, in, in 20 years, like, did you get the visor shot? Yeah. Well, there already is a um, program that Pfizer already established for those who had endured injuries. But the thing is, though, we're not suing them because of the the law that Reagan passed in 86, where it's like it's a Child Protection Act, but it really was just giving vaccine companies immunity and such. So it's really kind of scary. Now uh, they're starting to come out with due to vaccine shedding. There's newborns that are breastfeeding that are dying because of the spike protein that gets passed through through the milk. And so it's kind of creating inflammation and such. Like I had a buddy of mine, same age as me, died, had a heart attack because of the myelothesioma or whatever it is that, that uh, the, the vaccine's known to create blood va- or blood clots, stuff like that, that travel around. Oh, there she is. And uh, he ended up dying. He left, he, 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 has, he left behind a wife and four kids. Wow. Yeah, so it's like the thing is like people don't really think about vac- vaccines as, as a bad thing until their kid gets fucked up by it, and it's usually by that time it's usually too late, and so it's usually like where it comes down to. And when you listen to um, how J. Rockefeller manipulated us into adopting petroleum-based medicines instead of looking to more herbal and remedies and natural stuff like that, there's like Irish sea moss that has 92 minerals that our body needs. There's burdock root that has all 102 the body needs. But we're not talking about this. We're not talking about getting healthy. And it's like you're shutting down gyms to like exercise is the biggest key to maintaining a healthy immune system. And we don't do it. Thank God we're hunters because we spend a lot of time outside all year long. It's like nothing slowed me down man it's like i've been spinning going out to all the hj shoots and getting out getting vitamin d enjoying the the scenery and breathing in all that fresh air i feel like every every hunting season every about like july i'm like i should get into shape and get my cardio up <laughs> i drag a deer out and i feel like i'm gonna die 
<laughs> just just think if you added uh, smoking cigarettes to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, because I've, I've uh, hunted with guys that smoke and just listen to them hack up along every fifty feet because they they uh, smoke a couple packs a day. It's like that really really does add up. Yeah, the the only benefit with hunting is that is I have no article or anything to sort. Are you there? Of course. Yes. Yeah. I'm, this is the first time. It's it's like it's every time I record a podcast, whatever. Since they did this newest update, Zoom likes to crash on me. And so far, you're the most with. I think this is our third crash. Like yesterday, it crashed on Zach, but it's like that was oh. it. It was done and over with. And this time today, it's like it's more. So I, it, it's Zoom is going through some issues because uh, Zoom security is not very good. And I guess they had a uh, a, a flasher hop on some school chat room, stuff like that, where he's exposing himself. Yeah, and so there's going to be a nice class action lawsuit against Zoom with the lack of security they have. So it's like they should be a little bit more aware of it. But now it's like they, it usually has to have type of a slap on the wrist to let them know, it's right. like, hey, you got to pay attention to stuff. Yeah, no, um, but what I was saying was he has videos of a doe sticking her head in his ground blind as he has a cigarette in his mouth. Or deer downwind with their nose up in the air, and he's smoking. They, he said, it's the best cover scent. He doesn't wear scent lock. He doesn't do anything. He, his clothes just bounce around in his truck, and he shoots something nice every year. And he smokes like a chimney in the tree stand. You know, same thing with my dad. He's brought home some nice looking deer over the years, and even the guys I've shot with over the past two smoke. They, they, that cigarette smell is something so foreign to them. It gra- yeah. draws them in like vanilla. I don't want to try it. I don't want to start. No, no, neither do <laughs> I. Because I know uh, Steve Ranella brought somebody emailed him this question regarding uh, what about vaping and it does would that be considered um, attracting attracting as an attractant? You know, because we, we with this exact same story we're talking about about smoking. So I don't right. think you're going to put deer pee in it, but it's like you know, you, it's not a really that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty nasty to have a big old whiff of a of a vape, and all of a sudden it's just nothing but deer urine. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, gotta love dogs. Like to snuggle up. Uh, Angel right now is all tired out because uh, my roommate has a dog. His name's Luke, and he's a Siberian Husky. He's only going to be a year here in November, and just full of energy. That's the thing with Bella; is she can run all day long and have energy all day long. Or if you want to be a lazy bum and lay on the couch she'll lay right with you mm-hmm. uh, she's about six How old is bella six okay yeah angel's 12 so she's she's got some eight years on her but she'll come with to a shoot she she does good she'd hang out I noticed with the, with the angel, if I have her in a harness that really controls her 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 tempo and her momentum, and it's a little bit more easy to control. She's a little bit more polite, so this way she listens a lot more frequently. But I think if you do take her to one, I like to take Angel to one too. But it's like it's just a lot of management between right. everything that I have going on. Like if you brought Bella, it'd be shooing because it's just you and the kids, and she's really well behaved. Yeah, my luck, she'd find a squirrel and she'd be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd probably need to have her hitched up to your belt. 
she uh, she got into something today, and Erica's not too pleased. She rolled in. Oh, yeah, she, she rolled in, in something, and she was all sorts of stinky. But oh well, that's okay. My girlfriend. Yeah, uh, this weekend I got some good news. My my roommate oh, he nice. bought himself a bow this year. So yeah, so I don't know if we're gonna be able to get him out hunting because it's gonna. We all know it takes it takes some time to get get acquainted with your equipment and learning what it likes and what it doesn't like to have what best suits you. So you got to release in a day. So we just got to get him to the right. range and get it all sighted in. The thing is, like I donate plasma on. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I recommend anybody doing, because right now, like in uh, for BioLife here in Wisconsin, there's like oh, 120 wow. bucks a week. That really yeah. that really adds up. So if you're looking to buy that 212, you can hit there a little, you get there a little bit quicker <laughs> if you have the time for it. But I noticed that I'm there almost two hours a night on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But it's the best days sure. to do it because I like four day weekends. Yeah. That's helped pay for that. That paid for my uh, trip to out up to Kiwani. Now that was a fun trip. Do, have you ever ever gone to Lake Michigan on a charter and gone do, uh, salmon fishing? Um, when I was when I was younger, uh, we took so my cousin, his grandpa on the other side. Um, we all lived in Defora, so like our cousins, we were friends with like you know their cousins on the other side of the family that were my cousins. Okay. Know? Okay. Yeah, so my cousin's grandpa on the other side he um he took me and my cousin and he is i can't remember what he does but he is like in cameroon he is this like honorary member of this tribe and he flew two of these tribe members um to wisconsin and i remember one's name was the honorable soda soma and we took him there okay um and we caught a lot of salmon and i caught a nice king well the guides that do it all day, every day, take the two main fillets and throw the rest in the bucket, you know? Okay. So we two big fillets and those guys from Africa were losing their mind. It was like, there's enough on one of those fish to feed a family for a week. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Throwing those away. Okay. You know, kind of one of those things of like, we're just fat Americans that take things for granted. Cause we're like, what? Like you want to, in between the ribs of the fish like what what do you mean they're like oh the you know you can cut the cheek meat out and the head meat and we're like i'm good with the fillets and they're like you know we're so wasteful and don't even think about it but but uh but i've only been once i i would like to go again um that's for sure maybe Maybe we can get Lane and my brother, and we could all go. Oh, that'd be a blast! Because I, I went out. I met uh, Captain Cody Luke's there at the Deer and Turkey Expo earlier this year, back in March, and we headed off. And I was I, the whole sole purpose was to look for a charter there and find out more. Well, luck for him, he was the only guy that showed up because they weren't quite sure what's all going to happen with all the regulations and how the uh, Kalahari would make it all work out. But it worked out great, and uh, he has this nice big. 27 foot long boat i think it's bigger than that but it's all set up for us to do it and the we, when you have uh five guys out there you can run three lines per person so we had nine we had 19 lines in the water and i'll tell you what when we were going over those 15 foot rolling waves man cody knows how to how to navigate those waters and we got to be like 
oh, two o'clock in the afternoon, and you know, we weren't getting anything. We weren't, we weren't actually, we were, we were getting bites, but we weren't landing any fish. And so I'd say, well, all right, well, let's go ahead and let's start making our way. And then he calls in, like, he calls me up to onto the captain's deck there because it's like he's got a unit, he got a control unit inside and a control unit up on top. And he calls oh, sure. me up top and he asks me, it's like, hey, man, we're not seeing anything here. And like, why don't you go downstairs and talk to you guys and see what they want to do? It's like, all right, talk to them. I told them, and then we all made the decision, like, we would like to go do a run where we're at that morning. And but it got it got kind of crowded. So it's like we start, that's when we headed off to deeper waters. We worked our way all the way up like 350 foot water. So I mean, that's just quite a ways down when you really put a perspective of it, especially if you watch like draining the great lakes, which is a great show on discovery. And uh, we got back in there and it wasn't much longer that it wasn't right. wasn't much longer. When we got in there, uh, Doug, my roommate's dad, he caught himself a 22 or 23 pound King salmon. And that was oh, a 10 minute fight. I got it recorded. It's up on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff. And, uh, it was just like, then it just kind of rejuvenated everybody. And none of us had any expectation because this was the first time that we were out there fishing. So what we wanted to do is we just, we we're just there for the moment and everything changed. And we were out there for 14 hours. So we ended up with two Kings and the, or three kings technically and then the, the biggest two were 22 pounds a piece and uh it was just an awesome thing but learning about it there's like there's this type of what they call gray water and it's what's what mixes between this mud line and the mud line is what gets uh, ruffled up from on the from the bottom of the of the sea floor there and comes up to the okay. top and it creates this muggy thinness and then you have this you can see the mud line it's just straight up and you got blue all the way around it it goes to get the mud brown got the gray water and then you have the lake around it well that gray water is what really give the king salmon their advantage by darting in and out of it and such and oh, it really thing is just kind of picked up and uh my buddy nate he got one he got like a four or five pound one that took a whole whopping minute and 30 seconds to reel that one in and my buddy uh brady he got one he got the second biggest one that and that came in at 20 some pounds and that took 15 minutes to reel that thing up but uh it was a it was a lot of fun it was a very hard-earned beer that night because we went across the, the in there in they have a marina then then they have this nice restaurant that actually has some pretty good food and ordered me a spotted cow so it's like that tasted delicious once you work hard for them they do Oh yes, they did. It was it was amazing, and then uh, and through Sunday we just kind of took it easy. But uh, we we made a decision that if we we're going to do something like this again over a weekend, we wanted to break it up. Do six hours one day, six hours sure. the next day, and sometimes it could work in your favor because like let's if they're not hitting one day, you can try the next day. And uh, what really attracted me to Cody is that his policy: if he doesn't land any fish, then you don't pay for it, oh. stuff like that. So, which is pretty risky and he doesn't, he doesn't require a deposit, which is real, which was really nice because it's like earlier in the year, we weren't quite sure who could all come up with a deposit. So I was like, he, when he said, it's like, we're not, we don't, I don't do deposits. And if it, if it's a, it's bad weather, I'm, we're not going to go out there and stuff like that. And he's very uh, knowledgeable. His podcast <laughs> is up. It came out a couple of weeks ago. That's or actually awesome. came, well, only came a week ago. So yeah. Would you go with him again? Oh yeah, I would. It was uh, he was very knowledgeable. The video I caught with him talking with Doug talk, coached him into success in landing that fish about how to handle the boards that they use. So this way, it's easier to spot the lines and such when they're out there. And uh, very, he was able to handle the adrenaline dump. And plus, he loves hunting. He loves hunting. He like uh, we started talking about his bear that he shot in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, just actually just north of over by Eau Claire. 
So oh, okay. and, he, and he loves hunting de- uh, deer. He's got a uh, a Hoyt. No, a bit, I, I can't remember the bow, but it's a shoot through riser. And he says he just loves it. Oh, it's sure. Just, it just works perfectly for him. I hope okay. I'm not watching you pee right now. No. Because <laughs> the angle you have it at is quite awkward. No, the uh, kids just came back, so I'm just getting them all settled. But. They're crazy. But, no, um, I'm going to let you go here soon so I can get them down, but. Um, no, I would really like to get out um, salmon fishing or go on a hunt next year or something. I think that'd be great just to get together and kick it for more than a few hours at a time. Right, so. exactly. Why don't, we, why don't we begin that process of uh, figuring out what we need to do to make that happen, what the, getting all this stuff taken care of. So this way then we can figure out who the ones are going to be committed with and who the ones are going to flake. Ah. Hey, Ava. All right, my friend. I will let you go. Thank you for coming on, man. This is a, this was a joy. I think we could have probably talked for another forty five minutes. Oh, of course, always, always a pleasure talking to you. We'll uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right. Excellent, sir. Talk to you later. All right, my man.